Welcome to the Life of a Cheerleading Coach. You're listening to the new series where I answer specific coaching questions in five minutes. So let's take five. This episode is brought to you by the Cheer Coach Planner. Are you ready to replace your bulky coach binder? If so, then you should check out the Cheer Coach Planner. Designed specifically for cheerleading coaches, the Cheer Coach Planner helps you to simplify the administrative side of coaching through the use of planning and organization. Inside, you'll find over 250 pages, including 12 undated monthly calendars, daily life and practice planners, a team section full of forms to help you keep track of everything specific to your team, like rosters, absences, and athlete profiles, and a season section full of forms to help you keep track of everything related to your season, like tryouts, fundraising, game days, pep rallies, and competitions. With a physical planner, digital planner options, and new planners for your captains, you're bound to find an option that works for you. Check them out at cheercoachplanner.com or visit the link in my show notes. The Cheer Coach Planner, your season, your plan. Okay, here's the question. How do you keep your program safe and what steps do you take in order to prevent injury? For myself as a coach, safety is obviously the first priority. I know that many other coaches would agree that the number one thing to focus on is being safe, especially when we're stunting, tumbling, jumping. Cheerleading is very athletic, so we have to make sure that we are following the proper protocols in order to build on that athleticism and in order to grow the sport further. So, of course following all of the safety rules, right? So no jewelry, no gum, and stunting on the proper surfaces. I make it very apparent that they shouldn't even walk into practice with jewelry on or step on the mat with jewelry on. It's just very instilled into their behavior at this point to be prepared when beginning our athletic skills. On top of that, When we are stunting, I work a lot of progressions. So there is a progression list that we go down and they spend five minutes warming them up. I've talked about it maybe once before, but that's called our stunt warm-up. So in the stunt warm-up, there are eight different stunts that they just go down the list and knock out of the park. And once they've accomplished everything on that progression list, we will go on to a new progression list so that they can keep working and building those skills. We start with our extension prep bump down, then extension prep cradle, then extension prep pop off. And that would be the first three stunts in the progression. Then we go up to extension and do a bump down, then extension cradle, then extension pop off. So we're just building onto each one of those steps. I don't allow the athletes to move on to the next progression until the first progression hits cleanly and with perfect technique. So I make sure that the bases chests are touching when they hit the extension at the top. I make sure that my flyers are squeezing their ankles. I make sure that my flyers hit their high V on the right count. They dip on the right count. They clean at the end at the right count. And I clean the technique to its 100% before they're allowed to step into the next level of stunting. This, I think, helps with safety because ultimately it makes it so our athletes can work with anybody because they've all gone through the same progressions. Today, for example, we had a football kickoff event that 
my girls wanted to stunt at. So, of course, I said, let's put our hair up. And grass is a safe surface, so we are ready to stunt. So they were stunting with people that they were unfamiliar with in their stunt groups. However, because they all work the same progressions and they can hit those skills in the progression order with other people, they were able to hit them with people they're not familiar with. And of course, we started with extension prep and then extension and then liberty. So stepping into those progressions and making sure they're all clean, of course. When it comes to jumping, tumbling, and other skills as far as safety, we go to a tumbling class. So they will once a week go and train their tumbling skills with coaches who can help them develop higher level skills. And they don't try something new without a spot. So if I have athletes learning a back handspring and they've never done it on the mat before, they of course are going to grab a spot. The same goes for stunting as far as spotting. If I have a group that is trying something new for the very first time, or they haven't hit it consistently to the point where I know they don't need extra people there, they will have spots in all four corners just ready to catch in case something happens. Because I would rather be safe than sorry and make sure that our athletes can make it through the season. Of course, accidents happen. And when they do and athletes do get injured, I make sure that they aren't on the mat. If they're hurting, if they need ice, we grab it. If they need rest, they take it. And I always be sure to check in with my athletes after an injury. So if somebody hurts their ankle or their neck at practice, I always follow up with the athlete and the parent just to let them know, hey, so-and-so hurt themselves, keep me posted on how they're feeling. So those are the steps that I take to keep my team safe throughout the season. If you have different ideas or suggestions on how you keep your team safe throughout the year, feel free to share them with me. If you want to be a part of the next episode, please leave a listener voice message. Link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening and go make a difference.